Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week is part two of my chat with the queen of feeling fabulous, Rochelle Lawson. Now, if you missed part one of our chat, be sure to go check that out because we talk about a great many things, including introducing who Rochelle actually is and what she's sort of done with her life up to this point. Um, So, you know, great background information and a really fun chat. In part two, we continue the discussion about positivity and how important it is, as well as going into some other details, including Rochelle's past books, as she's an accomplished author and has written several and won an award for them as well. Um, We speak about how weirdness isn't a bad thing, it's better being a trendsetter than a trend follower. Um, Following my, Rochelle actually like knighted me, it it doesn't really make a lot of sense if you hear it from me at the start, but inside the podcast it makes a bit of sense, it's a lot of fun. Um, We also speak about some of the challenges Rochelle faced being a successful woman, Um, as well as lots of other fruitful topics, including religiosity, spirituality, that sort of thing. Now, before we get started, there'll be a quick promo by the Real Life Real Crime podcast. So any fans of true crime really need to check this out. Um, Woody Overton does an absolutely stellar job, and it's quickly becoming a real staple of true crime. So, you know, be sure to check that out. I'm sure anyone who hasn't already heard of it and enjoys true crime will love it. But that's just about it from me now, guys. Um, I'll be back at the end after the chat with Rochelle to talk about what's coming up in future episodes and a few other bits and pieces of detail. You know, be sure to check out where I guested on the Comics and Motion podcast, number 75, where we discussed the film Dread from 2012. Um, link to that's in the description, as well as a few other things. So, yeah, check that out. I appreciate each and every one of you listening and sharing on social media and all those lovely things. And I'll talk to all of you at the end. Woody Overton, host of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. Join me each week to hear true and unscripted stories of the cases I actually worked during my career as a major crime investigator in South Louisiana. Go to realliferealcrime.com where you can listen to each week's episodes and find links to our social media. I appreciate y'all. Don't let me catch you down on the bike. Welcome to Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. And I'm your host, Mike Burton. I would be like, oh, dang, I said some really bad, not nice things, you know, and then I didn't feel good. But of course, I was never going to admit that, you know, but I but internally, I didn't feel good because I would say some really not nice things. And whether I meant them or not, the point of the matter was they were really not nice things. And so for me, it was so hard for me to flip it from going from automatically being negative and nasty with someone to be like, okay, I see you're having an issue today. I'm not going to let your issue or your perception of something, incorrect perception, affect me. So let me just step back before I respond, because if I don't step back, I'm going to respond. I'm going to, you know, revert to that younger Rochelle. Right. But if I step back and take a few moments and get centered and grounded and take a couple of deep breaths, you know, I'm able to respond in a more positive manner. It takes practice and it it definitely takes, you know, working that muscle, so to speak. But again, you just never know 
what you can say to someone and put a positive spin on it that could change, you know, that person's way of thinking or what they do next or how they move forward or whatever. And so I, I always try to keep that in mind because we already have so much negativity in the world, right? Uh, I completely agree with you. you. Know? I mean, one of the things I've said uh, in the past is just like, you know, life is depressing enough as it is without me making someone else's life even worse like right. you know they've got enough stuff going on either financial issues family issues whatever it could be everyone has got something and they don't need me to come into their life and make it worse you know right and it's i completely agree with you and when i was younger especially i'd have this thing where um now i try my best if i'm ever wrong in any way i will try and apologize as quickly as i can and as sincerely as i can and i will open with open arms whether it's wrong about something stupid and petty like a band released a cd at this certain time or if it's something quite big and important you know and I remember when I was younger it was I partially I say blame it was partially because of my dad like my dad essentially never apologized for anything um so one of the things with that he was a brilliant man in many ways and I loved him dearly but he was a know-it-all which is where I get a lot of it from and he would <laughs> never apologize and it was just like one thing that really clicked for me was when when I was trying to apologize, I'd feel this really weird feeling, like this weight of like, and this voice saying, don't apologize, don't do it, just don't. And it's like, you kind of question why. And it's like, no, no don't worry about why, just don't apologize, just don't. And, and once you get over that, as soon as you kind of really start to do that, it feels like this this weight's been lifted. And then now when, I, when I'm when i wrong with people, if I can't apologize, it just bothers me that I can't for ages. And I remember the young me, that the, the transition of that was, it took a little while because there was that voice saying, no, 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 you're not wrong. So, but, but I know I am like can I just please and it was like no no don't don't do ego in the way and then as I get older it's just like no it's as soon as you kind of get through it and push through it god when you start doing it that weight is is lifted so much more and so many people are still holding on to that just being right for some reason I just don't get it you know I I totally agree with you <laughs> I just laugh at you because you said something else and, and it's just I'm like oh my gosh she's just so and you know we're just so like it but you're right it's so much more uplifting, so much more freeing to be in that positive space. And you know what? Here's the best part. You know, the very best part for me is when it's a moment that my natural inclination is to be a dick <laughs> and I turn it around and surprise myself and do something or say something positive or, you know, then I walk away and I'm like, yeah, girl, you killed it because, you know, the other person's expecting me to be the dick, right? And here I come and it's just like, and you fool them. You know, it's like, they're expecting for you to come at them like, blah, 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 girl. I know you didn't say that about me or, you know, whatever. And then you come and you're like, oh, well, you know, I, I'm sorry. You know, I, I really just wanted to, you know, whatever, say that your shoes are beautiful or you're, you're looking fabulous today or, you know, is that a new hairstyle? Whatever, right? You know, whatever it may be. And you turn around and you walk away. It's like this, it's like a Tiger Woods moment when he, you know, how he, when he just won the Masters. Mm. It's like, yes, because <laughs> you were able to not be predictable for that person. And you made them feel something positive because they were wrong with regards to predicting that you would be negative and you were positive. And then you made yourself positive because you allowed the radiant light from within you that positivity to really kind of effervescence right so you walk away like in this like in this bubble of effervescence of positive energy and uh it, it's just it's it's just beautiful it's just so magnetic right so mm. 
And it's great meeting other people who are like that as well. Meeting people who, you know, I've got a few friends who aren't quite as, uh, let's say, positive as I am um, in certain ways. But I have other ones who are kind of on the same wavelength. And it's really nice when two people kind of first click on that sort of positivity. And you can kind of, it's it's a weird feeling because, you know, once again, with any skeptics listening when we talk about sort of meditation and things, even though I would argue that's very much been scientifically proven to help, but not going down that road. He, um, with like energy and things, you know, I'm not not saying necessarily about the, the woo-woo necessarily side of things, but an undeniable thing is... Even if an energy is a really easy way of saying it, but micro movements of your body, your mannerisms, the way you say things, this and the other, you know, people's brains pick up on signals before your conscious self can even realize them. You know, your subconscious is always doing that. And so when you meet someone, you can immediately kind of tell a lot of time when there's a bad vibe, when they're just like certain body language and the way they're saying things. And obviously Mm -hmm. the other way around is is exactly the same. When you meet someone who's that full of life and energy and you come into contact with them and then you feel energized from it as well. And it's it's like like a positive infection of like positive energy. And and I think that's incredible. And um, leading on from that slightly, I I do want to ask about um, some of your books and things because you're you're a busybody. So there's so many things to ask about. But um, (laughs) may I ask... When, what was your first book uh, about and um, what, why did you decide to, to write a book when you did? Okay, so that's super cool. So my first book was purely by accident and it was in 2009. I was doing, I had got approached and I don't even know how these people found me, but I had got approached to do a podcast. It was a 30 minute podcast. I started my podcast career, right? It was a 30 minute podcast once a month. and they pretty much said, you can do whatever you want. And I didn't really know what I wanted to talk about or whatever. I just knew I wanted to talk about Ayurveda or holistic well-being. And so I, uh, I did this podcast and I would interview these people. And about six months, after doing about six of them, the guys who I was doing the podcast on their link, whatever, um, said, approached me and said, hey, would you like us to, would you like to write a book? And I'm like, how do you do that? You know, I mean, I knew I was, how to, I knew how I was a good writer, you know, from all my college English classes and all that, but like, I never really thought about it. And they said, well, we can take excerpts from your podcast and create a book and we'll do everything for you. And I was like, oh, okay. How much is this going to cost me? And they're like, we'll put it together and we'll do everything for you. And then we'll just see how it goes. And if it goes great, you know, we'll, we just won't charge. They just came out finally. We just won't charge you. We just want it. We're just playing around. I was kind of like their test you know, test subject. Hmm. So they did the, they put it together. They took them and I was like, and I got it. And I was like, I don't like what's in it. So I rewrote everything in the book that they had sent. And I had my daughter at the time, I think she was in either a senior in high school. No, no, no. She probably was, she probably was like in the 10th grade. I had her read it for me and edit, proofread it, you know, and then we submitted it back and they're like, oh, you completely changed. It wasn't completely changed. The information, it was just the way it was structured. Right. And so it flowed more naturally. So that's how the first book came. They did the design cover. We had created an ebook. We have a hard book that's um, on Amazon. You can get it at Amazon or Barnes and Nobles. And that's how it kind of came about. And then I was like, oh, I kind of like that. So then another offer came to me and I was like, okay. And I played around with it. And then I cranked this book out, I think like in two or three months. And it became a bestseller. Now, the first book wasn't a bestseller, but it um, it definitely opened up my awareness of I have I have this other skill. Right. And I like to write. 
so then the second book became a bestseller. I was like, oh, wow, that's so cool. But it was like, okay, I have this bestseller, but you know, I'm, you know, now what? So then another opportunity came and this was a collaborative book with a lady um, and it was for women. And that book, be, my, my part in that book was very well received. And, uh, and then we did a series of, um, I guess back in the day, teleseminars from my part in the book that she really liked me. And that book became an international bestseller. Mm. And then the last, the last book that um, I wrote was another, just one of these, they all come at me, these fluke opportunities, but they came and this book is called Answering the Call. And uh, that book became a bestseller. And that book actually got me inducted into the bestselling um, speaker and author's uh, Hall of Fame. Oh, wonderful. And so I got this award. I have to show you because <laughs> you can see it, but I know the listeners can't, but I got this beautiful, can you see this oh, beautiful? Oh, wow, that's amazing. Oh, yeah. the giant golden and feather. The, that's, I assume it's a quill. It's, yeah, yeah, it's a quilly. You know, back in the day, the old, you know. Oh, you got English. a lot of awards over there. I saw it just a glance. Oh, hum, <laughs> just proud to pretend to be humble. Don't, yeah. show, don't show the rest of the awards, just the book one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was... Um, and that's just kind of how it, it came about. And so, um, you know, I have a book that I'm writing now that's about affirmations. And um, and then I'm writing another book, which is the f- second part of that very first book that came from the podcast back in 2009. Oh, wow. The second part. Yeah. So um, I'm excited. And again, I don't really care if anybody buys them or not. Mm. You know what I mean? It's just kind of therapeutic for me. And, you know, if I can get, if, if one person is helped from reading one of the books, I'm happy. That's, of course, more, more will be helped, but, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, but uh, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. I'm not doing it to become some famous author, like the lady who wrote 50 Shades of Grey. I mean, I would love that, but <laughs> that's not why I'm doing it. No. I'm just doing it because it's like a hobby and a passion for me. And it's just a way for me to get what's in my big head out into the, on paper. and then share it with the world yeah well that as well as uh your blog and your websites and your podcast you're overflowing with great information <laughs> and things i bet you're one of those people as well because um, i get this a little bit is that when you say you have to you try and write for 20 minutes a day i bet that's actually curbing how much you want to write because like you start writing and i mean i get it with, with the sound of my own voice unfortunately which a lot of people with this podcast will know is um you start kind of getting something and you go, i think i've got something here and then you start going and going and then you start writing and then you're like you get like pages and pages done. You're like, I could write forever. And then you look and it's like, oh, it's been several hours. I should probably take a break. But it's like, I yeah. haven't eaten in ages. And it's like that passion, that that fire. And one of the things that I love the most about doing this podcast, you know, you know, everyone who does podcasts would love to be the next Joe Rogan or whomever, you know, that would be a dream. But right. one, one of the things that I, I like doing with this is I just... I love talking to people. And one of my favorite things is another reason why I like providing video chats generally uh, with people is one of my favorite things in the whole world is speaking to someone about something they're passionate about and watching their eyes light up and watching their, they get excited and then be like, oh my God. And like when you talk to people, you know, I mean, I don't go to very many parties anymore, um, but when I was certainly um, younger, I used to host quite a few parties and things and I used to just go around. Oh, you're and speak kidding. To you? Uh, 
I can't even imagine that. No, someone whose hobbies they spend just going around meeting and talking to new people across the world. Why would you want to host parties? That's silly. Yeah, right? <laughs> and so I'd love to do that. And I tell people, you know, if, if I have people I'm very close to, you can invite who you want, but you're responsible for them. If they mess up my house, they're not invited again. And, you know, I never had any of those issues because everyone I know is generally quite a good person and everyone was respectful. But I'd love to do is go around and just talk to people I didn't I acquainted with but didn't know that well but you talk to them and they're oh what do you do for a living and it's normally the oh I do this blah 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 or what do you do in your free time oh I kind of do this oh I've got a bat oh you've got a bat and they're like what you're excited you're excited but I'm excited too and then some people don't even know how to take someone else's excitement about the thing they're they're happy about and that's almost it's quite sad in a way because I just I want people to be excited about what they're excited about it doesn't matter if you do stamp collecting or you're an artist or you're a podcaster or you know any of these things it's everyone is so different and cool and weird and it's brilliant and weirdness is something that should be you know emphasized and brought on in in all the right ways you know it's not hurting anyone and it's i imagine that you're i mean i imagine you're with your children you're a lot like this i can see that you're probably very quite a nurturing individual and you're just like yeah be weird weird is good you know as long as you're happy and not hurting anyone weirdness is great by my means you know what i mean exactly you know I, i used to tell my kids you know, it's all about being a trendsetter, not a trend follower. And so, and you know, I, I don't know why I was saying that, but you know, it's funny they each went out to be a trend. They, you know, trendsetter instead of a trend follower. And when I asked them, like, where, where should you guys learn how to do this stuff? Because my kids are very artistically talented. I don't have any artistic talent, at mm. least in my mind. You know, I can't draw. Same. You know, I can't sing. Same. You know, I, I can dance okay, oh, I, but you know, I'm not like. You know, I'm not like a Janet Jackson or anybody. I can't get down like that, but I can get down if I need to, right? But um, my kids are very artistically talented. And so when I asked them, you know, they're all grown. And I, and I'm like, where'd you learn this stuff from? And they're like, they always say, we learned it watching you. And I'm like, what? And they're like, we learned it watching you, mom, because you always, you know, if everybody was wearing white, you would wear red. <laughs> Or if everybody was, you know, had to have at that time um, vans, you know, you had on Nikes, you know, or if everybody had on Nike Air Jordans, you were wearing Toms or, you know, whatever, you know, and they're just like, we just watched you. And then I think it also was because I was a female entrepreneur in a male dominated industry when I was very young. I always knew that instead of being considered someone's little secretary, because I looked like I was a kid, you know, so, oh, that's so-and-so's little secretary, or she must be somebody's secretary. I wanted people to know that, no, I'm the executive officer of my company, my corporation. And so I would, you know, wear really nice suits um, to these events where these guys were in like their construction clothes. I'm in these really nice suits because I wanted to be one, stand out and be remembered, but two, be remembered in a positive manner and and be remembered as a trendsetter. So how it became was I was the girl that owned the telecom company. And because it was a female owning a, something in a male, it was, I was the only female. It just, I just kind of stuck out and became this, this, you know, like trendsetter, mm-hmm. not intention by any means. It was just, you know, I like just like to walk a different beat. I like to yeah. be a little bit audacious and I want it to be memorable, you know, especially if I'm selling a product or service, I want people to, I don't want to be grouped in with all the other booksellers. You know, I want people to say, you know, the girl Rochelle that had the purple dress on that, you know, talk with her hands and, you know, let's get her book. Right. (laughs) Versus, 
you know so it's yeah it's just you've got to own it haven't you that's it and that's all it ever is and that's what things i say with other people i mean i've I've got a friend of mine who i went to school with um and college with as well i did see him for a couple of years and then um you know i did the podcast i started rekindling some of my uh, friendships with people and i spoke to him and he's an author and he's um, he writes fiction books and he had um, he's had two out and um things like that and i was i was really interested by it and i was i had him on i wanted to talk to him about the books he came on the show and um then I'm basically working on him starting his own podcast about him basically the aim is to essentially read out like a chapter of his book per episode and then talk about his influences of it why you want to do that some behind the scenes some additional stuff you know kind of building this world because a lot of his books all intertwine and stuff he's got like 13 written or something and he's just really single oh, wow. one i know he's he's incredibly talented and um he actually um he, he always tells me how much he appreciates me supporting him and things like that and then um he wrote this uh big facebook status a short while ago and he, he mentioned me in it uh, me and a couple of other people i know and he basically said just to me i inspired him because he was kind of i didn't know this at the time but apparently he was um kind of running out of juice a little bit of his his book writing and things and he was kind of losing a bit of thing and then i came in and i was like, oh my god you're an author that's amazing what's about your books i want to hear about them oh you should do this with your books and apparently that inspired him so much and now he's kind of reinvigorated his love for it and that goes back to the whole positivity thing but it's also like i was just like dude you write books like it doesn't matter if anyone reads them it almost doesn't matter if they're good you do something and that's incredible right. most people aren't authors and, and the fact that you've even spent the time right. to do one is incredible and it's just that thing of it doesn't matter what you do you just gotta own it you know just go yes. for it and and that weirdness thing that you said about you know wearing different colors and stuff i mean I'm, i would not say in any way shape or form i'm a trendsetter it's more you get trendsetters you get trend followers and there's me over there somewhere <laughs> doing something completely different like not even trend setting or anything but like i wear my friends mock me because they say i've got no fashion sense because i just wear whatever with whatever and i'm you know if i <laughs> if i go out to town i'll have like an art this arm i'll have bracelets down to like here and i think i'm the only 25 year old guy i think that i've probably ever met who still wear who wears bracelets so i've got bracelets down this arm i've got tattoos on this arm and then i'm wearing like a, a baggy band t-shirt and then like cargo trousers that apparently no one my age has worn since like the 80s or 90s and it's all these things of people just mocking me and it's like not in a horrible way of course but like all these things and i was just always like why does it why does it matter why does anyone care you know and, and it's it's funny hearing someone like yourself who's so successful and passionate about all these things and it's you're just like yeah just wh why would you follow everyone else and that's kind of what i'm like like there's not if loads of people are doing something cool there's no problem to go over there and see what they're all looking at but that doesn't mean that you have to oh, they're doing something cool, therefore no one else can be doing something cool. It's like, well, right. okay, they're doing something cool, but I think I'd rather see something else and just go out and experience the world, you know? You know, it's funny because you say you're not really a trendsetter, but you are. You're setting a trend, freedom to be who you are, wear what you want to be, and be okay with it and still have a really darn good time. Mm. So you actually are the person that is the one, you know, everybody's in the box. You got the people that are the perfectionists, then you got the people like me that just kind of want to be audacious and rememberable, right? And then you got you, the free-for-all, like, whatever, I'm just free-flowing, whatever. But even still, the people will, they may remember my red suit, you know, amongst the sea of white dresses or whatever, but they're going to remember you when you stroll in with their bracelets and your <laughs> tattoo on one sleeve, right? They're going to, you probably remember you more than me because of your free flowingness. So even though you don't consider yourself a trendsetter, I'm bestowing upon you <laughs> like the queen, ding, 
you are now officially a freedom trendsetter with positive energy. Well, thank you. From the queen of fabulous herself. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> the queen of feeling fabulous has now knighted me, guys. That's it. Podcast That's done. Right. This was the top. This is. I'm never going to get higher than this in the podcast. This is the peak. <laughs> So it's only downhill from here, so I should stop. I will say that one thing that a lot of people uh, remember about me, which is quite funny, is I don't know if you can see it very well. I might have to get a little bit closer to the mic. I actually have a blonde moustache. Yeah. And it's really weird because the rest of my facial hair isn't. It's just this and a little stupid soul patch. And oh, wow. It's, it's really weird. Yeah. And I get people come up to me and remember me because of, I like, see me in town. I hang out with them and have a chat with them because I'll talk to anyone. And people are like, do you bleach your moustache? It's like, no, no, I don't. I would never like why How would I funny. bleach exactly because you got like you got ginger like color hair like Prince Harry right well I'd like you to got, think that but <laughs> you know, I mean you know I'm just saying well you know I just knighted you so you've got to be like uh, among the royals Perfect. right yeah but you know but here I was looking at you and I'm thinking I'm like I wonder why his mustache is because I granted now I'm old enough to be your mother so my <laughs> eyes aren't as sharp as they once were but I was thinking Oh, why is his why is his mustache gray? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, a funny story. My niece, because um, I've I've got um I've got two older well, three older brothers really. One of them's seventeen years older than me. The other one's like twenty oh, wow. years older than me. Yeah, my dad was married before and then remarried uh, to my mum, and um, so. My brothers have always had quite a big age gap between me and things. So I've got nieces. Uh, one of my nieces is 20 and I mean, I'm 25. My niece is 20 and my one of my other nieces is like 13 now. But when my youngest niece was eight, I remember it was, when I, it was around the time I could first grow facial hair. Uh, I had a little goatee for ages. It looks horrendous. But then I could finally actually grow proper facial hair. And um, yeah, when I, with a goatee, I looked awful. I looked like a cross between like Seth Rogen and Jack Black, but not funny or entertaining. <laughs> it was just this weird, slightly overweight dude with terrible facial hair that like half great it's terrible i look a picture of myself now it's really long hair like shoulder length and it's half curly oh, oh that's too funny it's horrendous but um my niece walked up to me once i remember and um she came up to me and she was like why why do why do you dye your mustache blonde and i was like oh i, I don't dye it. it's just kind of naturally this color and she squinted and got really close to me and went Ugh. and then walked away and i was like i'm absolutely wrecked by an eight-year-old she doesn't understand many things of the world but she wears to mop my facial hair and i get people who argue um not with me but like always people around me they're like no it's, it's facial hair's blonde no it's not it's gray and it's like okay <laughs> some people say it's almost like a mood thing maybe maybe when i my change my mood it changes color or something changes tint it's like a milk mustache you it know is. like when you drink a milk mm. and it, you get that up here the milk it's a it's like a milk mustache yep. so the worst thing is bubble gum if you have, you get a mustache or bubble gum you get that popped in there that all <laughs> i have every college i've just shaved off my mustache once and people oh not having the mustache just having a beard look is that no i, I got bubble gum stuck on <laughs> I had to cut it all out. So fun times there. <laughs> oh my. I, I wanted to ask you, um, funny enough, it came up slightly earlier, is um, yourself being uh, obviously a successful woman. I want to ask, like, I mean, I know this sounds, now I felt like I'm having to almost justify, which I shouldn't have to even think about it. But like with, there's plenty of women I know who are incredibly brilliant and this, that and the other. And I, I couldn't imagine like looking at a, a woman as lesser than a man. I know so many people do and it's crazy. And uh, I want to say another quick anecdote as well, which is probably the sheltered life I live. Um, the first time I ever heard about racism, for example, was I was watching That's So Raven. And there's an episode of That's So Raven and where uh -huh. it was uh, Raven doesn't get a job uh, because the woman says she doesn't hire like black individuals. And I, I remember I was, I was like eight or something. And obviously sheltered life, I didn't even, I was like, wait, 
I didn't even know that was a thing. And as I've gotten right. older, I've always I've always had many women that are friends and many women that are men. And I've had girlfriends in the past have issues with myself being friends with women because it's not quite the right thing to do. And I often have to remind myself not only of my own uh, privilege and things, but also just like, you know, I was born as a straight white male in the 90s. I mean, I've got it pretty easy for almost easier than relatively everyone and so i wanted to ask with yourself with yourself being you know a strong independent woman who don't need no man sorry i hear that meme everywhere um but like did you get many people who like really treated you bad because obviously this was a, a few years ago now as well did you get many men who really looked down on you and stuff for being a successful woman and things like that no, here's the thing. I, I didn't, I didn't get that. And, you know, I, I kind of like to say I'm triracial, I'm multiracial. Mm. So, um, but of course the black girl is, that's the, you know, the, the dominant one. Right. <laughs> um, but I'm Sicilian and I have Irish in me as well. Oh, wow. So, um, what I got, here's a, I'll tell you some really, int- I'll tell you one interesting story. So we start the telecom business with my husband. We have very large customers right off the bat and financial institutions. One of the customers has banks all over the United States. I'm not sure if they have any abroad, but definitely all over the United States. And they're headquartered in uh, New York City or New York. And we were in, of course, Silicon Valley. Um, what happened was, um, you know, it was this big project they were rolling out in in California, which required 832 branches to uh, banks to be rewired. Okay. So it's a big project. So we're back there. Now we kind of played this game where no one really knew me. I was like the face of the business. I did marketing. I was doing other stuff, but as far as interfacing with the customers on the job site, they really didn't know me. They knew of me. They knew my name. They knew if they got a call from me, it was not a good call because generally that meant they didn't pay their bill. Right. But uh, or contract negotiates or anything like that. So we're back there and I'm with my husband and we're very professional. You know, no one, we're not all like dolled up and stuff. Very professional. It's all guys. And so they ask him, they're like, so, hey, Daryl, um, where's, you know, where's Rochelle? When Rochelle gets here, we'll start the meeting. But in the, before that, they were thinking me as his secretary, and they'd be like, excuse me, sweetie, or they just thought I was a secretary. Excuse me, sweetie, can you go get us some more coffee? We need some pens and papers. And I was looking at them like, okay. And I just go out to the receptionist and, hey, the guys in there need coffee, hey, you know, and stuff was happening. So we're sitting in there and they're like, as soon as Rochelle gets in, and Daryl goes, well, Rochelle's the girl you've been sending to get coffee and you know, the pads, the paper, and the pens. She doesn't work for you. She doesn't even work at this cut. And they're like, oh my God, we're so sorry. We thought you were just like a temp or something. And, and and so I would get that, you know, because I did, I do look young and I really look young then. I was only like 22, 23 years old. Um, so I probably looked like I was 12. <laughs> but then here's the other thing. Hey, you know, you know, they'd be like on a job site with him. Hey, you know that girl that was in New York or you know that girl that was at the business meeting with you? Yeah. Rochelle? Yeah. You know, oh man, she's super hot. Why don't you, let's go out for drinks after we finish here. Invite her. You know, I'd like to like get to know her a little better. And they'd be like, he he would be like, you mean Rochelle, the girl that was with me in the meeting? Oh yeah, man. He'd be like, you know, that's my wife. And they'd be like, oh Oh my gosh, I didn't, you know. So that was the other thing. Um, That's the kind of stuff I experienced. I, as far as 
you know, I, do, I was told by the guys when I started the company, you're a woman, you look like a little girl. We're not going to let you be successful in our industry. We're not like, but I'm the only telecom company in this new emerging industry. We don't care. You know, we're not, we're going to do everything in our power so that you don't be successful because we don't want the little girl playing in the boy's world. Well, I grew up playing in the boy's world. So, you know, I played with boys all my life. So it was like, oh, really? Well, you watch this little girl because this little girl is going to show you how little girls play with little boys in a good way, right? <laughs> and so uh, that kind of didn't sound too good. <laughs> <laughs> I know but, what you meant. <laughs> you know, so, you know that, those are the kind of experiences I had. As far as color, um, it wasn't an issue. And I always say what's in the United States is, and I've been like this all my life, I've experienced it, um, whether they want to say they're making a quota or not, it's okay. Because for me, it's just an opportunity for them to get to know people of color, right? But I've always, always been the only Black girl, the Black, you know, board of directors on a nonprofit, the, you know, the Black girl for whatever it was, it, even in school. And it, you know, it's like, because I'm fair skinned, it's like, oh, she's fair. You know, we know her, what her parents look like or whatever. So we know we've got, but she's dark enough so we can make our quota for the government. And it's like, it shouldn't be have to be like that. But in the reality of world that people see with color, they see your color first. They don't see your personality, your character. They see your color first. And then based on how they are, if they want, you know, they decide if they want to proceed forward and get to know you. Um, and then once they do, it's, you know, an amazing experience. But it's just the way we live. It's just the world. I'm not, I'm not sure if it'll ever change, but I don't think that someone of color or no color should let anything stop them. Everything's available to us. And if somebody has a bias about color or no color, so to speak, that's their issue. Move on because there's a thousand other people that don't have a bias and, you know, we're more than happy to embrace you. So, hmm. um, yeah, it's just the way it is. Well, I'm glad that, at least you haven't had uh, such like a, a huge amount of negative uh, sort of interactions due to either your gender or your color. I mean, it's as I said no. when I was when I was younger, I, I it was generally it was same with like when I found out people were like homophobic and things. I found that out in um, right. in secondary school, and I was just like, what? I, I was I was so confused. And my parents were very loving and things, and they always said, you know, if if you were gay, that's fine. If you were this, it's fine. All these things, and they never had an issue with any of these. And I, I clearly it was one of those the, the privilege thing of just like I, I had this privilege. I literally didn't even know that people got bullied or harassed or any of these other things for anything else. And now I'm getting older. It's more like oh, it, it's it's so upsetting of just these things. There's so many other things that we could almost fight about. They're so much more important. I'd rather we didn't fight about anything, but things that people can't control. And in England, right. we don't, we don't have racism. We do obviously have racism. That was, I almost started a wrong sentence then. Um, it's not necessarily, I know in America, obviously you have a lot of issues with sort of uh, police brutality and, and a lot of other sort of uh, institutionalized racism and all kinds of other things, which are very heavy subjects that I'm not necessarily going to get into uh, at the moment. But in England, we don't have it where it's like the same divide of sort of, you know, I know over there you guys have had issues with, you know, white supremacists and things like that. We actually have it more with xenophobia, which is, is very similar, but not quite the same. Like our, in, in Britain, the main issue with racism is not against people who are black, it's against people who are essentially Muslim, which I know that isn't a race. I know right. that's a religious ideology, but, you know, people from the Middle East or people from that, because they go, and it's not, you're black, it's they go, 
you're not from round here. It's that sort of thing. It's, you know, we're right. an island. We're nice Britain. We're away from everyone else. We are, we're secluded. We should keep Britain British and all that fucking rubbish that drives me mental considering Britain's one of the most multicultural places there was because we got invaded by everyone every couple of hundred years and our entire language is literally a culmination of French, German, Spanish and everything all melded together terribly. So people saying that is just so triggering. But aside from that, um, <laughs> it's one of those things where it's just like... There's so many things in the world that make us different and there's so many things that make people sort of a reason to ridicule in a sense. I wouldn't ever want to necessarily ridicule people, but you know, if people come out with stupid things or, or say stupid things, that's kind of a reason to maybe ridicule. But when it's just like, if you can't control something about yourself, like I, I do not have anything against individuals who are overweight or fat, okay? And I don't want fat shaming to happen. Right. But being overweight is a choice, essentially. It, not in every case, obviously. I'm trying to I'm trying to make a really quick point and I've ended up digging myself 100,000 holes <laughs> because I'm treading on landmines everywhere I go. I'm doing a terrible job. But like, if, if someone's overweight and you bully them for it, I disagree with that completely. I don't think that's constructive in any right. way. But there is that line of, part of it is due to their lifestyle or this that and the other a lot there are obviously a lot of circumstances where things can't be helped or this that and the other but excluding those but when it's like gender or race it's it's really like just they if you're born with it if you're born with something like eye color hair color whatever and you can't change that then how can someone ridicule you for it and it's taken me so long to try and work out why that is and i think it's just tribalism and it's just people want a reason to be like now this is us over here and that's them over there and we're for some reason better than those over there and we need to find a reason for that isn't that crazy you know in the big scheme of things we all have to wake up eat poo and die we all do that i don't care if you're black brown you know white yellow whatever everybody does the same thing right yeah. We all we all are birthed to die, basically. Mm-hmm. And there's just no um so to dislike someone for their color or, you know, they have blue eyes and you got brown eyes or whatever, it's just so silly to me. You know, get to know that person first, then you can make a character judgment, right? You know, some people that are you think are good people because of whatever are not good people you know every rich person is not a good person every wealthy person is not a happy person right you know Mm. every poor person is not sad and every poor person is not bad you know um and so it's just like get to know the person before you judge them remove the color thing and it's funny because it's so prevalent here in the united states but when i travel abroad you know go to england spain you know, all these different countries, it's never, it's never, it's never the color of my skin. I know that I'm not being judged for the color of my skin. It might be my religious beliefs or, you know, but it's not ever the color of my skin. And so when I come back to the U.S. and you hear about all this stuff and it's just senselessly because the, you know, I don't like that person because they're black or I don't like that person because they're brown or whatever. It's like, but you don't even know them. How can you judge somebody that you don't like them if you don't even know them? And mm-hmm. so it's crazy. But I think, of course, you know, us Americans are a little different. <laughs> um, good, bad, and indifferent. You know, you have people like that all around the world. You can't explain it. You can't even make logical conversation with them as to why they're incorrect or whatever. But, you know, again, yeah. it just goes back into tapping into that positivity and Exactly. trying to get that ex- to expand as much as possible. And I think that's all we really can do. 
100% I completely agree and you know you've been incredibly generous with your time and I really appreciate it. this has been a fantastic chat um, and if you might I just want to ask you one more uh, question which yes. is slightly more on the personal side but you don't have to answer it if you don't want to but I okay. am just intrigued what your uh, religious beliefs are um, just to preface it with me you know I went to Catholic school my dad was agnostic mum kind of believed what she kind of fancied believing at the time you know she would when dad got ill she would pray to a god but she didn't necessarily believe in the Christian version of god etc and then with me I was you know I grew up atheist I was a very hard atheist when I was a teenager. That was the time when I was a bit of a dick to people, which I shouldn't have been. Um, and it was just like, it was never anything like horrendous, but it was just like basically belittling people for believing something different, which right. is completely wrong. You know, right. everyone's got one piece of the puzzle and we just all need to kind of put it all together and we can figure out what it all vaguely means if there is a meaning. But with me now, I kind of have this idea of where one thing you said really early on in this chat which uh, really stuck with me which um it, it clicked with me with something else i've said which is it doesn't matter what your beliefs are everyone knows for certain we have at least one life we could have a hundred we could have a million we could go to heaven hell purgatory reincarnation any of those things but the thing that matters the most is that right now all of us alive at the moment know we have at least one life mm-hmm. and we should make that one as best as we can before worrying about all the other ones you know right. and things like that so so i'd li- like to ask you you don't necessarily you don't necessarily have to get onto the, the details of why i know obviously some of the issues with the uh, catholic church you had but um I, I wondered what your sort of ideas are now and maybe what you think happens after death or anything that you'd like to tell me i don't want to delve too deep because some no, people hold no, their it's, it's fine. So, i uh i believe in god um, you know, I was uh, I was a Catholic. I believe in God, and I'm very spiritual. I don't believe in any religion. Period. Um, I think. Ooh, I don't even know how to say this. I, I think religion has been used as a tool for good and bad, and it is used as a way to control people, and and used as a way to basically brainwash people and I know I'm saying some you know some stuff here but for me I believe in God and and I have a relationship with God and you know my soul and you know um the angels and all of that I I do have that um you know going on for me and what I believe and what I practice may not be for everyone but um you know I don't I don't talk negatively about any other person's belief because that's not what I'm here for. You know, if they choose to believe in Catholicism or Christianity or Islam or Buddhism or whatever the case may be, as long as they're a good person and they're doing good things in the world and being good to themselves and to those that they love and care about and those that they don't even know, that's fine with me. I don't care, you know, just be Mm -hmm. a good person. So I I think that's kind of how, I am. Um, I could go really deep, but you know, we have to do another show for that. But just with <laughs> my experiences and things, um, I just know what works for me. And um, again, I don't try to inflict upon anybody what my beliefs are. So I don't want people to inflict upon me what their beliefs are. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and if you don't do that, we can get along great. Because the moment you start doing that, then I'm going to start bringing up stuff to contradict what you say based on factual information that is available to everyone. Um, mm. And so it's just like, let's just stay friendly and just, you know, let's do the, the, the not talks, you know, I'll talk about politics. I don't talk about religion because here in the mm. United States, it could get quite ugly, you know? Mm. Um, 
You know, I don't think I don't think anybody has the doctrine or or, or uh, jurisdiction over anybody's life to say you can't have a baby, but I can have Viagra to make babies. You know what I mean? Or yeah, you, yeah. you know what I mean? Or you know, you 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 should only marry this type of person, but I can marry any type. Of, you know, I don't I don't think anybody should have that type of jurisdiction. Or 100%. you know, give me all your money. I know you're barely making it, but give me as much money as you possibly can give so that I can live a phenomenal, fantastic life off the money that I get from the church. But you're struggling to make ends meet to buy your kids milk and cereal. You know, I don't Mm -hmm. believe in that kind of stuff. And so, um, again, not squashing anybody's beliefs. It's just what works for me in my life. And I just know I just have a relationship with God. And that's, that's all that matters for me right now. Exactly, and that, that's beautiful. I mean, with um, that will be pretty much how we end on it. I'll, I'll just add a little uh, note to that uh, end of that is with me. As I said, I used to be a very strong hardline atheist, and it was not very good. It made me seem like a dick to everyone, and it made me feel not great either. And now my sort of views are generally, real briefly everything's made out of energy i just generally believe the whole universe is this big alive thing this universal consciousness and we're all connected but the trees are connected and the fungus and the animals and us because we're all alive and that's basically what connects us all and when we die our consciousness because our consciousness is probably made out of energy and things because energy is what fuels us it becomes one with the universe in one way or another be it could be transcending and becoming into another planes of existence like you know dimensions that we can't fathom in our human form you know we can't even see the whole light spectrum we can't hear every sound dog whistles for example is a so we can't hear but it still exists countless things of all these things you know and with i think i view religion now very much sort of like music taste in a sense you know you can discuss it and you can talk about it and you can say this is what i like you know you may want to try it you may like it but if you don't want to try that that's fine that's your jam and if, you, if everyone's just kind of like that, it'd be fine. It's as long as, you know, as long as you're not hurting people in the name of right. the Beatles or you're not, <laughs> you know, trying to tell people they can't listen to Taylor Swift. As long as you're not right. doing any of those things, you're just saying, okay, well, if you listen to that, that's okay. I personally listen to this, but you can listen to what you want. That's what you should be with right. everything. Just let people do what people want. You right. Know? I agree. As long as they're not hurting anybody, you know, it's their business. That's perfect. Well, uh, before we end then, I just want, how can people get a hold of you? I mean, you've got so many websites, books and everything. So just here you go. Say everything that you want to say of self-promotion. Well, you can, you can definitely find me on social media. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, you know, Rochelle Lawson or Rochelle Marie Lawson. It's R-O-C-H. You'll find it spelled R-O-C-H-E-L-E or R-O-C-H-E-L or R-O-C-H-E-L-E with Marie, M-A-R-I-E. You'll find me, you know, you'll find, you'll, put, you put me things. in there, you'll see this cute girl, this, the long, pretty hair, and uh, cute little freckles on her face, and you, so you'll, you won't miss me. Um, but <laughs> if you want to, you know, tap in and connect with me deeper, um, you can always go to my website, which is Blissful Living, the number four, and then letter U, dot com um go there i have free gifts you can pick up a free gifts you can connect with me you can schedule a time to chit chat and get to know me talk um also you can listen to the podcast which is also blissful living it's on iheart radio spotify itunes web talk you name it it's out there Um, but the podcast is blissful living and um, i speak a lot i'm going to be speaking in vancouver 
in Edmonton, Canada. I tried to get the engagement for the UK, um, but I think their field, I was going to do Manchester in um, Wales, and um, but I think they got filled up before I could have. Uh, before I could apply, so to speak. But there's, you know, many, many ways, but definitely Blissful Living, the number for you.com is the website or, you know, social media. Um, you can check out my books. If you go to Barnes and Nobles or Amazon, just put in my name, Rochelle Lawson, and it'll come up. You can YouTube me. I'm everywhere. So there's no, there's not an excuse. <laughs> if you want to reach out and touch the queen of feeling fabulous and have her bestow positive energy upon you so that you can live the life of your dreams. There's no way that you should not be able to find me. I'm everywhere. And that's absolutely perfect. And I'll be sure to include many links in the description of uh, your website and your podcast and all that sort of things. And I just want to really thank you for being such a fantastic guest on the show and for spreading much needed positivity to more people. And I'm sure you'll, you've touched many people's lives and you'll touch many more over the coming years. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been so cool to chat with a like-minded individual. And you're so cute. You're so young. I have a 25-year-old child. So technically, I could be your mother here in the United States. If you ever come to the U.S., please let me know and we can go have tea. I don't even know. Do you drink tea? Do all all British people drink tea? Most British people do. I'm actually more of a coffee drinker than a tea drinker, but I have been known to drink tea. If you come over here, if you come over to the U.K., you've got to tell me as well. (laughs) You can go. You can have a coffee coffee and I can have a tea exactly that? that sounds perfect and um, you come over to the UK as well and you can have some UK tea and there you go a lot of my friends oh, and yes things. I love it I love it that sounds thank great you. we'll definitely plan that then <laughs> no worries at all well thanks again Rochelle thank you and that's the end of part two thanks as always for tuning in guys um if you enjoyed that chat be sure to check out rochelle lawson um i've included a link to her website blissful living for you in the show notes so you know check that out if what she's speaking about kind of hit home with you um and also in the description is the link to the episode of comics in motion i believe it's number 75 um where i guessed on there and i reviewed dread the 2012 version with carl urban um with the guys at comics in motion and had a fantastic time doing it so you know be sure to check those guys out if you haven't already um yeah i will also say um that today is actually father's day i believe it's the same in the uk and the us sorry if there's anyone else who lives away i can't list every place that has a father's day on different days potentially um any listeners to the podcast i will know and i believe i mentioned it in this podcast i think um essentially my dad passed away um many years ago uh, this was six years ago now um so when i was like 19 um and obviously so father's day it, it doesn't it doesn't do a huge thing for me like doesn't make me depressed or anything i normally just do other stuff like today i haven't really been doing anything related to that me and uh, megan have just kind of been pottering around doing her own thing um but essentially what i did with my brother this time last year um was we released an episode about my dad um we just spoke about sort of the ups and downs in a lot of ways i mean he died of esophageal cancer and my brother rob is 17 years older than me and has a different mum to me so we both had slightly different upbringings from dad but basically we just speak about sort of how he was when he was alive what he became like when he was ill how he told us how it felt what happened after he passed these sorts of things so it's it's not just a podcast it's all just sort of down and depressing and saying about how you know horrendous life is without him or anything like that we 
do honestly talk about him. We speak about him as an individual, how flawed he was, but also how brilliant he was. We speak about some of the things he did wrong and some of the things he could have done better. And it's just kind of an honest look in how two brothers view the death of their father. That That's all I kind of wanted to go by. Um, I just hope that if anyone is going through anything where any of their family member is terminally ill, or if they've had anyone who's passed away who's ill, or anything like that, this podcast may actually help you out a bit. Now, just to be clear, this was episode 24 of the podcast, so it was a little while back, and it is longer than an hour, but it is a special one. You know, I just think it it really means a lot to me because obviously it was a very nice thing to be able to speak with my brother for around an hour and a half just about dad without any interruptions or anyone else involved in things. So it, it, it was very therapeutic for myself and for Rob. But, you know, I really implore anyone to go listen to it. If you are interested in that sort of thing or if you're interested in my life and probably why I am the way I am in some ways. So that's a bit of that. Um, Also, coming up in the coming weeks, um, I did have Comics in Motion, the guys I mentioned slightly earlier in this outro, um, I guessed on their show. I did have them on the podcast um, earlier in the week. So I think theirs is going to be the next podcast that I release. I did also speak with a gentleman called Shaldo, who is an independent London rapper who I saw support Tech 9 in Bristol um, a few months back. Um, he's really into manga. He's actually got his own manga. He was on Ninja Warrior UK. Um, he's done loads of crazy interesting things. Um, he's a really interesting guy, incredibly uh, intelligent and just really fun to chat to. We spoke about Dragon Ball Z for quite a while as well, which is good. Um, that podcast will probably be out a bit later because he's got a single coming out, I believe, in August time Um, so I'm going to try and release it around that time if I can but if guests pull out or anything like that and and I don't have a podcast to release then I will release this podcast you know Um, and I'm sure he'll be happy with that too so the current two that maybe next week is the Comics in Motion podcast or Shadow. I'm leaning on the Comics in Motion podcast because I don't have any other chats uh, lined up for this week. Um, I will also say that anyone listening, check out my Instagram page as well as my Twitter and my Facebook. Um, it's all genuine chit chat. Um, I believe Instagram is genuine underscore chit chat and Twitter is just genuine chit chat because I'm a moron. No other way to describe it. I'm an idiot when I made both of those tags, both of those uh, profiles rather. Um, but on Instagram basically this weekend just gone I was an extra in a zombie movie called Day 66 and there's quite a few cool pictures on there off there it's it's a lot of fun to do um hopefully I'm going to have the director on a bit later in the year he's an incredibly busy guy right now still finishing off the film and things so I think once he's got sort of the finished product and he knows what he wants to do with it then I'll have him on the show we'll talk about it and things like that because he's a really interesting guy he's called Russ and I can't wait to speak with him so that's probably what's coming up Um, I've been rambling on now for quite a while in the outro as I normally do so I'm going to leave you guys to go you know any reviews on iTunes any sharing in social media and any spreading of word of mouth with anyone you know is all really appreciated you know I just appreciate each and every one of you listening essentially if you're hearing this to the end and i love that so you know thanks as always for listening guys i truly appreciate it and i'll talk to all of you next week and have a happy father's day if you're listening to this on sunday